0: Good evening, everyone. It's Cole Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for the 16th of July, 2019. What's going on? How are you? Um, this is not going to be your normal episode. This is not the this week's episode. Uh, this is actually you're listening right now to the best of the worst. So, if you've come to I mean, best and the worst. Sorry, if you've come to to listen to person talk about their favorite movies this year so far. Perhaps their favorite Some recommendations uh, This is the right one to listen to There will be still an episode this week But I've decided to do a bit of rescheduling I was supposed to record this on Thursday And I'm supposed to release it on Friday But um, uh, Our housemate And uh, one of my best friends was Went to He went on a trip To Vietnam And we had a bit of a farewell for him So uh, Decided to do Decided to do a... Since you guys probably expect something to come out on Tuesday night or Wednesday or early Wednesday morning, I decided to move the best and the worst of the year to tonight and then do an episode, a normal episode, uh, on Thursday. On Thursday. Uh, that's, that's also because I'll be seeing The Lion King tomorrow night. So we'll be talking about The Lion King and uh, probably Stuba on Thursday. Because I also saw Stuber on Sunday night. But um, we'll talk about Lion King and all that stuff. Thursday news, all that stuff. Trailers, everything on then. But if you've come to listen to some movies, some recommendations maybe that you haven't seen this year. That you should have seen. uh, This is definitely the right podcast to listen to. To get some good recommendations, I I believe anyway. Now, in the past, I've always always done the best and the worst. Uh, Last year, as an example, uh, I did the good, the bad and the meh. Uh, recommended some good films, some films that you probably, you know, were just okay, that you passable, watchable. And then I um, said some bad ones. Now, I'm going to be completely honest, transparent. I haven't seen many bad movies this year. I've seen a lot of good ones. I haven't seen many bad ones. And also, I decided to just kind of change it up because there's always the end of the year to do um, a bad like uh, you know a good and a best and the worst. there's always an need to do that. Uh, we, at the end of the year we can always reflect back on the year and see what movies were good were uh, you know not worth your time I guess one well, off your movie ticket and uh, you know we have a laugh we have a rant we get a bit you know it's it's it cathartic. cathartic uh, but in the middle of the year I decided to kind of use this as a bit more of a uh, reflection. Uh, this time around, and uh, more of a reflection than the end of the year, really, this time around, and just recommend 10 films, 10 films, count them, 10, uh, ranked 10 films that I think you should have seen already this year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to label the podcast like that, or if that's going to be the official title, but it's going to be 10 films that I think you should have seen already this year, or that you should see. Uh, So there's not going to be any bad ones. There's not going to be any meh ones. It's just going to be good, good films that I think people should have seen already or should go out and see. Um, Definitely. And I'd say they're my recommendations. Now, this is not going to be... I decided not to include like the big box office ones. Like one of my favorite movies of the year obviously is Avengers Endgame um even Spider-Man Far From Home is one of my favorites as well but I'm not going to re- put those ones in there because well, you know, most of you guys know that those exist and you can go out and seek those out Spider-Man Far From Home is still playing in theaters so you can go out and see them um and um you know uh, Rocket Man is also one of my favorites it's it's uh you know I've talked about that already and I have talked about most of these on the podcast but I still think some of them, these have been underseen they're not getting the, the attention that they deserve I think and um, they should at least be watched I guess um, so yeah let's let's um, get into them there's 10 now I'm doing 10 films and this year I've decided to add on TV shows because I've watched a few TV shows this year um, that I think are worth your time um, one is kind of going to be a bit challenging but um, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, so why don't we why don't we start off with um, movie that I talked about recently? Uh, there There is movie that I talked about recently, and um, I think it's a good uh, tense thriller, and um, it's got some good performances in it. And it's got um, great use of tension, I think. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. So, before I get to this number 10, before I announce it. So, this list is going to be me recommending these films. I'm going to use four or a few points to try and get you, you know, to convince you to see it. I'm not even convince you. Probably just to let you know what you're going to experience in the film. And what you're getting into. Um, there's, there, some of these films are quite graphic and they're quite um, unsettling so they're not some of these films are not going to be for the weakest of stomachs but still i think should be seen um you yeah, know anyway and i'm not going to say like i'm not going to say the plot i'm not going to like do my you know my uh my usual about talking about the movie and everything and go on a tangents this is going to be a quick run through of each film and a recommendation at the end of each film and then at, after we finish our films I'll get on to um, my TV shows I've got 10 films And 3 TV shows I want to talk about And um, At the end I will we'll talk about What's going on this week with the podcast And what I want to be doing But without further ado Let's, let's get to it let's, let's, waste, let's stop wasting some time uh, Number 10 is The Standoff at Sparrow Creek um, It's directed and written by Henry Dunham and um, it's it's a it's a, a tiny film. It's uh, it's very much independent. It it got a good reception um, by you know by critics and, and most audiences. But I th- I still think it's underseen. Like no one's really talking about it. It is um, it actually came out early in the year uh, around January or February, and um, it's a great thriller, man. It, it's a really great tight thriller. It's only. Uh, an hour and 20 minutes long it's it kind of reminded me of a modern 12 Angry Men uh, because there is a scenario where a, um, a cop who's a former cop he um, they have, they're all cops and they form a kind of militia group and a, uh, th- the whole thing is they have to investigate a shooting of a police officer so someone's betrayed someone and they're against each other and it kind of reminded me of Torvinger man, because tovinger Man takes primarily takes place in a court, in a you know a courtroom. Uh, I don't know what it's really called, interview room, I guess, where they have to decide the fate of a young boy, and they've got to try and you know uh, see what's real, and um, you know make you know, observations and and try and see if he's innocent or guilty. That's pretty much it. That's 12 I mean. Finger It's a great film. Fantastic film that I think you should see. That's a bit of a quick recommendation there for you. Um, fan, absolutely fantastic film. One of my favorite movies. And this is kind of like a modern version of that. But um, you've got James Badgedale, who's a great character actor. He is playing uh, the lead, your lead here. And he's pretty much interrogating all these militia, militia and seeing if they were actually involved in this shooting. And it's just very—it's it, a kind of like a bottle film. It's—it's it's as, as because I um, compared it to 1200 men, Men. Uh, it's I, I do that because it does take place in one location as well, um, all in this kind of base that they have, this militia that they have, and the whole film is pretty much um, James Badge Dale's character going around and in, in, interrogating, kind of interviewing, but getting to interrogation at points his fellow team members to seeing if they were actually involved in the shooting and it's very tense and um it's tight it's real tight it goes like that and then you're just like wow that was actually a really good film um it's it's got a great use of silhouettes wides um it's cinematography is beautiful lighting grace lighting um there's a really great use of um, Wibbit's wise as well um, comes Silhouettes and Shadows. I think it's some of the best I've seen this year, really, when it comes to Silhouettes and Shadows. Um, and this is coming from a small film like this. So if you haven't seen Standoff Off Sparrow Creek, I really recommend it, recommend it. If you like 12 Angry Men, for example, if you've seen that film, recommend you see this one. If you just want something to like, um, let's say you you got a movie night going on, uh, but you're not sure what to watch. Uh, nothing's on Netflix because you've seen fucking everything on there. Um, check out the standoff at Sparrow Creek. It's very, it's, it runs by like that. It's nice. It's tense. It's tight. I mean, I said it before on the podcast that um, it was just I was always on edge the whole time, and I think it's a, it's a great use of tension that Henry Dunham uses. And um, there's there's a little bit of action in it as well. There's your there's a nice bit of action peppered. Um, in there somewhere. I'm not going to say where because it's a spoiler, but there's a little bit of action in there as well. Um, that's the standoff for Sprout Creek. Uh, number nine is... Um, this Was this is a more of a controversial one. Um, controversial pick. Uh, I don't think many people would pick this one, but um, this is also one of my favorites of the year so far. And uh, I mean, it's most of these... Like are some of my favourites. I wouldn't call like say say top ten, but I also think that like they are very unique in their ways. Um, number nine is Climax. It's uh, directed by Gaspar No. It's it's his um, latest project, and and you know people that know Gaspar No is is a very he's pretty controversial in his ways of filmmaking. Um, he displays a lot of graphic stuff in his movies. Um, some of them are um, very unsettling. I mean, I'm talking Irreversible, um, Love. Uh, he's. They were also quite long as well. Uh, I wouldn't say Climax is his longest film, but he does quite a few long ones. Into uh, the Void's about two and a half hours long, and I think Love's about nearly three hours. So he's a very, um, he's a big genre filmmaker, I'd say. And, um, he and Winding Graffin, Nicholas Winding Griffin, get bunched in with each other a lot because they kind of go tackle the same themes and, um, you know, have the same perversion for, um, graphic um, displays of many things, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, um, it's very visceral, it's very confronting, um, it's got Sophia Batella in it. If you guys know from, you would probably know her from Kingsman. She was, um, the, the woman with the blade legs in Kingsman. Uh, she was also in, uh, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. She played, um, the, the that girl that, I mean, I forget her character's name. I forget most character's names really in some of these movies, but, um, she played her kind of love interest in that movie and, uh, she was like the photographer and this is definitely Batella's best performance I mean Batella herself is a dancer so it's the only way I can describe this film is a dance horror movie um and I can't without you know without saying what's in it and what and spoiling what could be you know experienced it's a dance horror movie it is definitely um I mean you could probably you could probably argue and say it's a thriller but there are Definitely some horrific shit in this movie. Um, if you're not, It's it's all in French as well. So if you don't like any foreign films, I can't recommend this one to you. But if you want to double in a bit of foreign and, and um, uh, you know, kind of be triggered in a way to be like, holy shit. <laughs> um, Climax is definitely one to check out. I mean, I can't say it's the best recommendation, but it's one to check out. Definitely. Um, it does get hard to watch at times, but it is, it's just a roller coaster of a movie. Um, it's, it's, um, when I say roller coaster, it's, it's just a it's, a, it's a simple plot. It's a dance troupe that gets, um, their punch that they're drinking. They're performing, they're kind of practicing at this school and, um, they do, I mean, it's, they get the punch spiked by, um, I won't, I won't say what they get punch spiked and uh, shit happens. <laughs> shit just happens, and it just builds and builds and builds and gets just to to a point where you're just like, oh Jesus! <laughs> it's so, um, it's just so visceral. And I mean, I said it, I, I mentioned it um, when I started, but it's just it's it's very it's visceral, man. It it just digs into you, and it's like it's it's imagery. It's is just very. Um, eye-catching, and um, the what Sophia Batella's character—I mean, I think her character's jungle—I think in the film, what she goes through, and just her her um, her body language and her movements, and it's 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 almost seductive in a way. Um, the way how everything happens on screen. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't recommend this enough if you want something to be... To, to If you want to be kind of triggered by something, if you want to really feel something, um, if you want to feel... Even if you want to feel a bit uncomfortable after watching it, um, Climax is definitely going to fill that void. And... Um, and again it, like Noé's films it's not a long one It's only I think it's only about an hour and 40 minutes but it's got a beautiful opening dance number and if you like dancing I think you'll appreciate the dancing in this film um, they go to the dancers are extremely talented they go to lengths that I didn't think you could go to and I've never seen it before and then Noé's filmmaking and the way he's done the film is just like what holy shit <laughs> like uh, wow it's definitely not for everyone though But if you want something different, if you want something to really, like, make you squirm in your seat, Climax is for you. Uh, Number eight is Wildlife. Uh, It's Paul Dano's rectal debut. He co-wrote it with his wife, Zoe Kazan. It's based off a novel, and um, it's about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and and, um, Carrie Mulligan. And they have a son who's Ed, Ed Bold if you Australians know, from Peabody Blues. He played the younger brother, David, I believe. And, um... It's, uh... It's a good... It's a good, uh... Look, um, at a deteriorating relationship from a kind of a child's perspective, um... There's a lot of things that happen in the movie that kind of... That are uh, Ed, Oxenbolt's character... Uh, I think it's Alex, I think. Oh, no, it's Joe. It's Joe. Um, Joe kind of... He has to deal with, I guess, because he, he knows his parents are going through something big. Um, Jake Hall's character, he the father, he goes and takes a dangerous job fighting wildfires in... Um, I'm da- down... The, um, I think it takes place in Montana, I think. Um... Excuse me for this. I haven't really done. Um, I haven't really got the idea bees up for all these movies. If I can't really look at like the plots and everything, I'm just going off what I've what I've seen. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to take it as a bit of a challenge. So, just um, thought we'd do that. Um, Carey Mulligan is fucking incredible in this movie. Uh, it is her. It's my favorite performance of her. I think it's her best. Um, I think it's her best. One of her best, at least. I think she's fantastic in Shame as well. Uh, but it's definitely my favorite performance of hers so far I think Shame gives a close second but it's my favorite um her character is so unpredictable and I think that audiences will be put off by she because her character kind of plays like a housewife but then she once the husband Jake Gyllenhaal moves away and I'm sorry if you're a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan you're not going to get much of him here he gives what he can give but you're not going to get much of him here this is definitely Carrie Mulligan's film and it's all the better for it so um yes you might see her character as her kind of a housewife stereotype and her doing these things is kind of like you know not normal and this is not what they do but I just this is what I like about the movie that it, it, it she just does those things like she does very very questionable things but I understand why she's doing those things and what has um caused her to do those things really and you kind of get the emotions that her character um, is going through. Uh, I think it's Janine, I think, her character's name is. And um, I think Paul and Zoe did a, a great job of adapting the screenplay from the novel. Um, and I think it's wonderfully directed by Paul Dano. It's got some beautiful shots in it. And um, it's just a lovely film. It's a lovely, lovely film. Um, it's not one of those movies that are going to be, you know, it's not not like climax or anything like that. It's, I think it's just a lovely film and I think it, I think families will enjoy it. Um, I watched it with my dad and he actually really liked it. And uh, yeah, wonderful. Good stuff. well Paul down. I'm looking forward to what he does next. Uh, taking a bit of a deviation from the normalcy of that of, of movie like that. Um, when I say normalcy I mean, I don't mean like the subject matter and everything. I just mean like uh, an accessible film. Uh, high Life <laughs> is uh, is um, number seven sorry I did like look up my page there number seven is High Life and uh, very 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 different from what we had in our previous slot um, it's a much slower film it um, definitely is going to trigger your existential crisis um, it's got a great performance from Rotten Patterson Julia Benoche is fantastic in it as well it's very graphic it's also very intriguing And it'll make you think. And it has a um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ending, I think. um, That made me really just kind of take a breath. Um, I know that people have said that this is um, quite a pretentious piece of work. Um, It's written and directed by Claire Denis. People are calling it a very pretentious film. Very highbrow, kind of stuff like that. Um, I... I, I loved it I loved it I've only seen it once but I think I'll watch it again um, like when I'm ready it's a very as I said it's a very slow film to get into there's a lot of things that happen there that makes you think it's a really great slow um, slow burning existential thriller um, and again I, I knew Batman Robin Pattinson is is a great performance in it from him Julia Binoche is great in it too and there's a thing called a fuckbox in it so what more could you want <laughs> <laughs> um, and just so we, you know, understand what's going on, it's about a bunch of convicts that are on a on a spaceship heading towards uh, a black hole, and it's focused on a man and his daughter. And that's all I'm going to give you. Um, so if you want something a little little different, maybe maybe modern life's a bit bit too accessible. You're like, I want to dive in. I want to dive in. I you Maybe just watch climax, and you're like, fuck it. Let's just keep going slow. Let's keep going and get, to get get a bit more fucked up. High Life is for you. <laughs> it's um, very, very odd. And both Climax and High Life are done by A24, who is my favorite production company at the moment, really. I um, just love what they're doing. Um, I fucking cannot wait for Midsummer um, next month. Very much looking forward to that. And their marketing already for that movie has been spot on. Uh, I know that the marketing before has been quite questionable. Um, definitely their trailer for It Comes at Night and Hereditary those trailers were not good and then those movies ended up being better than the trailer Hereditary, I mean definitely Hereditary It Comes at Night I think was a good film I don't think I watched it again but I've, I get the message and everything it's not really like what the trailer presented itself to be um, and, I, and I think it's better I, I liked the subject matter that I, that I saw in that movie and I got what they are trying to say but it's a very, again, a very slow movie and A24 just takes a lot of stabs and, um, sometimes I make fried gold and sometimes they have a few blunders. Like, um, I think mean, one of my blunders last year was Hot Summer Nights. I think that movie was a bit nothing, that movie. But, um, most of the time they hit and they hit hard and they make movies like Climax and High Life. <laughs> well, they help produce movies though, like Climax and High Life. But, yeah, strong word from Claire Denis. um, very much recommend that one. Uh, number six is uh, Vox Lux. It's um, Natalie Portman plays a uh, pop star who is, um, you know, you kind of explore her ups and downs of her um, of her career and her life. Um, it also focuses on the brilliant now one of my favourite actors, young actresses at the moment, uh, Raffi Cassidy. I uh, saw her in um, Killing the Sacred Deer I thought she was brilliant in that movie and um, she, she's again she's brilliant here again Raffi Cassidy she's just wonderful to watch Natalie Portman um, she's really good too she can sing had no idea but she can sing um, and I think this movie is a really really interesting unorthodox look at a pop star's life and just ex- examining it from all sides good and bad You do get all of the shit with all of it. You don't just get, like, those moments where it's just like, oh, that, oh, she's hitting, she's hit rock bottom. And then you go up, 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 up. Oh, we're reaching a high now. She's being nice, people and everything. She's releasing hits, blah, blah, blah. She's having a fucking time of her life. No, you constantly get, oh, she's doing something good. Oh, now she's fucking doing something bad again. Because she's a fucking human. Because humans do that. They, you know, they're, they are, um... Capable of showing great amounts of kindness, but also capable of showing, I mean, exemplary amounts of, um, evil and, um, just being a huge dick. <laughs> and, uh, you do get that with this film with, um, with, uh, Natalie Portman's character, who is, um, Celeste, the pop star Celeste, um, it's a really cool... It feels like a biopic, but it's a really... It's a, it's a fake, obviously a fake biopic, but it's a really, really cool look at it. And I just like how it... It just... You, you get the shit, and then you get the good stuff. And you just see it from all different angles. Jude Law is really good in it too, as well as her manager. And um, I loved how it had all that stuff, that it had a really good ending. I was happy with the ending. I liked the ending. Um... And then there was something that really also hooked this movie as well that I didn't see in the trailer. Um, actually, I don't think I saw the trailer for this movie. I just watched it. Um, there was something that happens in the, the first 10 minutes of this movie that just hooked me even further, and I had no idea it was in it, and it just made the film stronger, I think. Um, I just wasn't expecting it at all. Very shocking. Not going to say what it is, but very shocking. And um, it definitely has a scene in the middle as well that kind of is a um, I mean can can feel very familiar with that scene in the opening 10 minutes but um, I, yeah I'll just say that 10 minute scene is more stronger than the one in the middle uh, but there's just some scenes in this movie that I wasn't expecting and I just didn't I didn't, I didn't this film was just very I know people a lot of people a lot of people really didn't like this movie because of how much of an arsehole Celeste character was But, um, I just think that's, it just made her more real. It made her human. And, um, I like that. You know, so, you know, if you don't want Behemoth Rhapsody, and you want something different, Vox Lux is for you. If you love Natalie Portman, I mean, even better, right? Um, cool. Uh, number five, I believe it's number five. Uh, yeah, number five is The Beach Bum. Beach bum. Uh, this is Matthew McConaughey in full Matthew McConaughey form. He's reached his true form here in this movie, I think. Uh, it's written and directed by, and directed by Harmony Corinne, who did uh, Spring Breakers. So if you're a big fan of Spring Breakers, I think you're going to like this movie either more. I mean, it depends on what you like about Spring Breakers. Did you like the crazy, kooky character of Alien, played by James Franco? we are going to get an even kookier character here with Zach Efron as, um, Zac Efron as uh, Flickr? Yeah, these are the characters' names. Moondog is the is the name of Matthew McConaughey's character. And Flickr is the character of uh, Zach Efron's character. Um, it's strangely inspiring. Again, the characters are so fun to follow and everything. It has a really cool message of just like, you know, just not taking life so seriously and not... They do... These characters do very despicable things. They do whatever they want to do. But I think it's more leaning on the side of just like, well, just you know just sit back once in a while and just appreciate what you've got and just and just you know don't take it do take it all so seriously don't um, think too much and um yeah i think you will really like this if you like spring breakers and if you like if you know if Harmony crins work it's got this beautiful he always his work um always has this kind of um kind of uh it's always in Flora, isn't it his movies and have this kind of charm to them. They just have this charm to them and I think the neon helps as well. He loves using his neon. And I think that work works as well. Um and he just just definitely has a style of his movies. He's definitely I love him or hate him. Harmony Korean has definitely established himself as a, just a unique filmmaker. And he definitely has a style to his films. And um, you know, I I, I much like that about him. Um He's doing things different, even if they're slow, if they feel like they're not necessary. He's just doing things that are different from the norm. I mean, Beach Film's is one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. And it couldn't even be seen as a comedy. It could be seen as like more of a a drama about a man trying to get his life together. Um, a man that could be seen as such a mature, but is actually just like a, uh, you know seen as somebody different from the people around him. And you've also got a great cameo from um, a certain Big Mama. There you go. That's all I'll give you. It's a Way to be subtle. <laughs> so yeah, if you like Beach, um, if you like Spring Breakers, I think you like Beach Bum. If you're a fan of Harmony Crane style, you definitely re- like um, Beach Bum. I would recommend Beach Bum over Spring Breakers though. I think Beach Bum is more watchable than Spring Breakers. So if you want to try and get into Harmony Crane's films, I'd start with Beach Bum and then try and get into... I mean, try and watch Spring Breakers after that. I mean, I'm not say try and watch Spring Breakers, but Spring Breakers is definitely a slower movie, I think, than Beach Bum. And um, its characters, to me, were not as good as these characters in in Beach Bum. I well, not like I fucking fully cared about them. I just found them much more engaging, I think. Um, the only character in that movie I like really liked was Alien, and he's and it's a really weird character played by James Franco. So, um, yeah, that's the beach bum. That's all I'll say about the beach bum. Uh, number four is, uh, animals. Now I watched, uh, animals as part of the, um, Sydney Film Festival. And, um, I kind of said this film was kind of the independent, I talked about animals before in the podcast, and I said it was the more independent version of Booksmart. And I'll still say that if you like Booksmart, and if you want to see something a bit more kind of, I'm going to say a bit more adult, um, uh, Animals is for you, I think. If you're a fan of Life Shortcut, you'll love it. Holiday Granger is a star in the making. I think she's fantastic in this movie. I think she's going to do even better work. Uh, she'll get picked up after this for sure. Um, it's a really good coming-of-age movie. And it felt it felt more, whereas I love Booksmart, um, it felt more relevant to what I was going through at the moment. And um, I think it's where it got me there. And I think it's... People my age will think... I think will be more... They'll relate to it more, I think, than Booksmart because these characters are older and they're going through um, different things than what the characters are going through in Booksmart. I make the Booksmart comparison because these two characters are best friends and they're just trying to, you know... You know, they're trying to kind of still nurture the friendship. You can tell these characters are best friends. The chemistry is great, just as Benny Feldstein and Caitlin Davis' chemistry is in Booksmart. And it's got a really good, I mean, really playing on this theme of animals. It's got a great score, really good percussion score um, that felt so primal to me. And I said this, I said this before on the other podcast. Um, there, yeah, there's a kind of like an animalistic vibe I get with the um, the percussion score here when they're going out in the town and they're they're going to all these different clubs and they're just playing this really cool drum beat. Um, felt really kinetic and and it just it was just like, oh okay, fuck. They're at it's like they're out in like the wild. Um Yeah, I I, I I really recommend this movie. I think if you're if you want something a bit more independent but don't want to get too mainstream like book smart, I think animals is a nice healthy middle for you. And um, again it's nice it's I think it's about an hour and 40, 40 minutes, but I think it works better for it. Um, I think, actually, saying it as in around 40, there might have been a scene that they could have cut, but I can't really think of it right now, I'll have to watch it again, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely give it a watch, I think, I think this is one of the best movies this year, it's definitely going to be my top 10, um, well, hopefully, we'll see what happens, well, actually, we'll see what action Apple comes out at the, uh, for the rest of the year but at the moment it would definitely make my top 10 it's a really cool film number 3 is uh, Drag Across Concrete and uh, if you're a fan of Craig Zaylor um, you're going to love this movie <laughs> you're going to really love it uh, if you got through Bone Tomahawk and if you got through I say got through because these movies are extremely graphic extremely graphic and Zayla has definitely has a Zayla, like Corinne, has definitely established a style for himself where it's like uber violence but feels fantastical in the way it's portrayed on the screen um, I think this movie is the least graphic out of all of them but I'd say it is the most accessible out of um, uh, Cell Block and um, Bone Tomahawk um, you've got some really great leading performances from Gibson and Vaughan who play these kind of cops that are definitely feel like they're not in touch with today's um, society and, and social climate and they kind of do what they want. They're definitely reflections of like policemen that kind of think they're above the law. Um, you can really feel that Zayla's created a world where, again, it, it's 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 like the urban wild. You've got the gangsters and then you've got the policemen and then the lines are kind of blurred in this movie of what, what makes the, what makes it uh, and okay a bad person really? Uh, I think the sound design is fantastic. This movie relies heavily on sound design and almost no musical score at all. Um, especially the scenes at night. Um, particularly the one that always is going to stick in my head is the way the gravel kind of rolls on the tires on the car. Uh, I think they fucking nailed that. Whoever the fucking Foley artist was for, was for that. Jesus Christ. Well done. Um, And yeah, there's no musical score. There's no reliance on a musical score except the two original songs, one at the beginning and one at the end of the film. Um, But also, great songs. I listened to them on repeat. I wouldn't say on repeat, but numerous times on Spotify. Um, And they were written by Zayla, I think. And um, I forget the performance by it, but I I believe they were written by Zayla for the film. Um, it is a long movie, though. Um, Zayla's movies are technically, I mean, they are r- long movies. Uh, Brawl and Cell Block was about two and a half hours, I think. And then Bone Tomahawk, Tomahawk, I think is the shortest one, actually. But this is a meaty two hours and 45 minutes. It's very meaty, but I promise you it's rewarding in the end you got some great cinematography, some great sound design, some great use of lighting, especially. Um, There's some really cool wide shots that really utilize um, the lighting, the framing, the composition, uh, and just the world that Zayla creates just out of characters that look like they're from, that that feel like they're from our world, but are definitely in his world. Um, I don't know if that makes any fucking sense at all, but... They look like the people from our world, but they're they're people in this world. I'd I buy these as characters, and it makes the story even stronger in this movie and makes the world more believable because these characters are so... I mean, that are written like this. Some of the stuff that comes out of these characters' mouths is just... Whoa. Um, So I think if you're a fan of... I mean, how would I say... Definitely if you're a fan of Zola's work. I mean, I don't know how you haven't checked this out yet if you're a fan of Zyla's work. Um, but I'd say this would be kind of... Oh, man. Um, I'd say if you're a fan of crime movies, um, especially the slow ones, where you want to see... There's a big, big climax at the end. Um, but it's... I wouldn't say you get a climax at the end, but it's very subtle. But it feels like it's all leading to this... And it's a very satisfying ending, I'd say. It's a very satisfying ending. And um, that's all because of the writing, the characters, the everything that Zala has built for this movie. It's fant- it's fucking fantastic. Um, but it is a long watch. I'll say that. It's a very long watch. 2 hours and 45 minutes. So if you feel like... I know nowadays where... Um, you know, you hear that a film is about 2 hours and 45 minutes or... You know, a, a long amount of time. It feels like you need to set a day for it. You need you need to set something aside. You need to kind of say, well, you need to cancel some plans, I guess. You need to, um, and then you need to make some plans for, um, you know, for watching the film. But let me go. Let me say to you guys that Endgame is three hours and two minutes. And if you guys like to could get through that. Um, you know, what's three hours? You know, what's what is three hours? Um, but then but then you could come back and say well Endgame has very understanding sequences has characters we've, we've you know known for I mean 11 years and its pacing is actually good I know that people said that pacing in the first half was a bit questionable but I've said it, I love the whole film like the whole film to me it's a fucking incredible achievement of um having a climax to pretty much, it feels like a a series, a season finale to this TV show. I say season because we're still going. Phase four is, phase four slate is about to be announced on Comic-Con weekend. So, so yeah, I'd say, um, I wouldn't, it's just, it's just, it's interesting how, how time can just pass. Um, when when you're watching a good film i mean watching Endgame i, I didn't feel like I, it didn't feel like 3 hours to me i just went it came and went then i watched it again it came and went and i'll be watching it again when it comes out in august on digital blu ray uh it it, it comes it comes and goes uh, with this one i mean you you can definitely you can feel the length but it's i, I said it's it's rewarding it is rewarding in the end you do get a you do. You get a very satisfying ending, I think, and um, I was happy with it. I was very happy with it, uh, especially if you really understand what Zay going for with the messages in the film. I think you're going. You think you're going to like it. Um, Tarantino's series are mostly going to be. I mean, if you're a fan of Tarantino, you're definitely going to be more um, climatized to um, to watching this movie. Tarantino's series are almost. Uh, 2 hours and 30 minutes as well like with The Guerrero for example is 2 hours and 35 minutes um, Django Unchained is 2 hours and 30 fucking Hateful Eight is two thousand and forty five uh, and then it ha- there's a longer cut of Hateful Eight now that's almost 3 hours I think it is 3 hours actually no I think Hateful Eight is 3 hours long but if you got through that and that movie can get slow at times as a Tarantino fan even as a Tarantino fan I'll say that that movie can get slow at times um, you can probably make it through Drag Across Concrete and you can make it through most series that are like 2 hours and 35 minutes um, and I know it's easy to say that as a person that watches films all the time but I just think you can, I can, you can get through it and it's, it's worth, definitely worth your time that's what I was trying to say in one fell swoop that's what I'm trying to say is this movie is definitely worth your time Uh, number two is more of a kind of a. This feels like the most mainstream pick on the thing because I know that most audiences did like us. Um, they didn't like it as much as Get Out, but most people did like us. And I uh, said, so, yeah, number two is us. Um, the next film from Jordan Peele, who gave us Get Out, everyone knows him from Key and Peele and lots of comedy things. Um, Keanu was the movie they did together um, where they were both the stars. Him and Keegan. Um, but I will say that Us is more entertaining than Get Out There's more sequences that I think um, Stood out to me Than Get Out um, And I get Out* has a really really great sequences Like you've got the grandfather running at him I mean all the sprinting scenes You've got that great auction scene In the movie You've got the Get Out The Get Out scene <laughs> um, And it's got a great comedic relief From um, From From um, Lil Rel Oh, Lil Rel Lil Harry um, But yeah, I think this is more entertaining than Get Out It has more of a rewatchability. Re-watch ability There's a lot of things that peel has peppered pe- throughout this movie That I think you can go back and watch this more I think I will be watching Us more than um, Get Out It's got a fantastic performance from Peter and the Yongo. Holy fucking shit I would even say Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss are good as well but Lupita Nyong'o is great. Winston Duke is great. Um, um, Shahadi Wright Joseph is great as the um, as the daughter. And uh, it's a great look at the class. I mean, to me, it's a good it's a it's a look at the class system. That's that's kind of what I've I've kind of thought about it for for the last few months after watching it. And uh, to me, it's I think it's a good look at the class system, uh, false charity, stuff like that. Uh, there's definitely probably more layers to it. It's, it's a... Um, it's definitely a multi-layered film. But... Um, I mean, the only thing I had, didn't had a, had a problem with... Was just how he had to... Ex- he felt like he had to explain it at the end. Uh, which I already understood what was going on. And what he was trying to say. So... That was kind of like a... Could be a detriment to it. Um, but again, I can, just re- I can look past that. Because I fucking loved Us. And it's it's helped... Massively by make Michael Abels's um, fucking beautiful score. Um, uh, the song I play most of the time is the anthem song from the beginning, from the opening sequences with the rabbits. Um, that's the song I play mostly, and um, the I mean, well, I'll just call it the US theme. It's got like a, it's got a, it's a I mean, it's French Latin name to it, but it's like the it's pretty much the the theme without being five on it. It's the theme of us. Um, and then you got, obviously, the really cool, um, I got five on it remix. So, um, yeah, that, that's us. And, um, uh, I think if you like to get out, you'll, you'll like us. Um, depends on more, like, what you want to, I think get out is a better, um, film. I think us has a lot more themes it's dealing with and it's juggling. Um, but I, um, and it's a bit, I think it's a bit longer. It definitely is a bit longer. I think it's, it's two hours. I think just two hours but, and whereas Get Out was about, um, an hour and 30, hour and 40, so, um, yeah, but it's definitely one of the best movies this year, one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while, and, um, I mean, people argue, again, people could argue it's a thriller, but I'd say, I'm gonna say it's a horror, and, um, Lupita Nyong'o is a fucking, you know, she's a fucking star in this movie, she's fantastic, uh, that's us, yeah, it's us, um, to quote quite little kid, there's people in our driveway. Anyway, let's get to uh, number one. Let's get to number one. Because I'm getting a bit... Um, I didn't want to go as long as I'm going here. But let's just get to number one. I mean, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. I've watched it six times. And people are still not going to see it. Um, <laughs> Smart is number one. Um, Olivia Wilde's beautiful, wonderful Dirt debut. Um, great script, um, penned by a very, four talent, very talented, four very talented ladies. That's what I am trying to say. Great script, um, powerhouse performances from the duo of Caitlyn Diva and Beanie Feldstein. Holy shit, they are magnetic. Their chemistry is brilliant. There's no, uh, no there's no wonder why they're best friends now. Um... and um the characters feel like they're characters that I know I know I know these people I know um and I'm gonna and I, and I they feel familiar and um the whole ensemble cast is just so so memorable um again my favourite character is uh Billy Lord's Gigi but um the whole cast just feels like you know you know how you like the cast was super bad and you know all the characters from there like you got like you know Seth, Michael um McLovin um, or Fogel uh, uh, or you got um, you know Becky you've got Jules and then you've got Officer Slater Michaels so you know all the characters from Superbad and they feel kind of they, could, they feel familiar well Booksmart is the, is the new I think f- to me I like I loved all these characters as well like I mean, getting to know the characters of Molly and Amy and um, uh, Tanner and Ryan and Nick and Triple A and, um, well, I, I don't want to I should say, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to say her middle name. She got pissed at me. It's <laughs> a real name. She got pissed at me. Um, yeah. And even, uh, you know, the, the um, the teacher, Miss Fine, played by, um, I think it's Jessica Williams, I think, plays her. But, um, yeah, like, I just love these characters. I love this film. Loved its message. I think it's a mix of—I mean, I described it as in the podcast as before. It's got the vulgarity and the gross-out scenes of Superbad and like that kind of stuff. Um, it feels like a female Superbad, but it's more than that to me. It's—it's it's got the also got the emotional character depth that Lady Bird has, and it's mixed well with the coming-of-age feel of age Days Confused. That's why—that's what I called it. That's my ultimate review of the whole movie. It's—it's Superbad, Lady Bird and Days Confused all together with a fantastic Lee Good duo of Caitlyn Dever and Benny Feldstein. Fucking phenomenal. Um, can I, I just can't I can't I can't recommend this movie enough. I just can't recommend this movie enough. Um, I watched it another time with my housemate. The sixth time I watched it was with my housemate. He ended up liking it as well. Um, I don't know I'm not sure how much but we watched you finished it and I was like, yeah, and you goes Yeah, it was good. And this, you know, until you like sit down and talk to him and get the stuff out of him, like uh, you know, it's a good reaction because normally Tom, um normally he's just like, yeah well, yeah. But um he's also very strong as well, with about like, oh I fucking loved it. Or yeah, that was brilliant. So to get it good for him, you know, is, is I'll accept it. I'll accept it for book um, it's playing right now in theatre so if you're an Australian listener it's playing right now so go out and see it run and see it um, it's one of the best comedies of the year I think it's, well, it's my favourite comedy of the year um, And I wouldn't call it a straight comedy there's, there's a lot a lot of moments of drama in it that I really bought between um, Caitlin Dever and Benny Feldstein the performances again just massive standouts um, and the memorable characters I mean the biggest best example being Gigi I just can't recommend this movie enough. I just cannot. It's fantastic. And it's hilarious. And it's heartwarming. And it just makes you feel good, man. It just makes you feel good. And that's what movies should do. Movies should make us feel things. And you know, feel kind of substantial. So um that's all I can say about these films. So those are the movies. I'm going to quickly talk about the TV series. I'm going to wrap up here. I don't want to go over a full hour, but I think we need to, you know, I needed to talk about this stuff. You got to get some recommendations, guys. So uh, those are your movies. Um, the Standoff for at Sparrow Creek, Climax, Wildlife, High Life, Vox Lux, The Beach Bum, Animals, Drag Cost Concrete, Us, and Booksmart. Those are your 10 films I want you to see. Here are your TV shows. Uh, number one, Good Omens is just awesome it's one of the best TV shows um I've seen this year it's um it's just so good it, it, it's short too you can get through it um it's got great characters I mean Michael Sheen and David Tennant is a duo I never knew I wanted <laughs> and they're fantastic as the demon um Crowley and um Aziraphale uh, the the demon Crowley and the angel Aziraphale Though um, they're brilliant. Really, you've got some great guest appearances from John Hamm, um, Jack Whitehall, uh, and then you've got um, a really just really cool story about um, e- good and evil, and the apocalypse. I guess <laughs> I should say, but um, you know what makes a good person, and um, sometimes you don't always have to be a goody two shoes, as um, Michael Sheen. Does in this in this show just brilliant, great performances from Michael Shannon and David Tennant. I mean, I fucking love David Tennant, but Michael Sheen is um, really really good in this as well, and they're just chemistry is great. I it's a it's a great duo. I've never thought I wanted this duo, but I do. I want more of this fucking duo. Are we getting a season two of uh, Good Omens? Don't know. Um, but great TV show. Um, if you've read, I haven't read the original novel by Neil Gaiman, but would like to now. And then we know we know that um, they want to get the rights to... I mean, have they got the rights to it yet? But they want to make the Sandman movie now. Sandman movie TV. I think TV series, I think. Um, from Neil Gaiman as well. So. Um, I think it's... I think Neil Gaiman's work is definitely some work I want to read. Because he makes some really weird shit. <laughs> um, uh, like, I think this is probably the most accessible stuff I've seen from Neil Gaiman. Um, but like how to talk to girls at parties was some of the most bizarre fucking shit I've ever seen. And I think I want to read that source novel now, uh, graphic novel. Cause very, very interested in that stuff. Um, so if you like, even if you like David Tennant, I think you're just going to get, you're going to get your fix here. I mean, Crowley is a fantastic character. Um, I think I liked Crowley more than zero Um, cause he feels like all the things that you want to do. And uh, special effects are good as well. I I, I like special effects. And uh, it's fucking funny. It's a funny show. It's a funny, funny show. And it's short, so easy to get through, guys. Easy to get through. Uh, number two is Euphoria, which is um, a show that just went on HBO. It's, it's taking Game of Thrones a slot after finishing up the season eight. Um, it's taking Game of Thrones to slot. It's uh, got Zendaya... It's, I'm just going to say it's got Zendaya that'd be maybe the, definitely the most pull from it is it's got Zendaya as a lead as um Rue I think it's Rue Bennett I think and she uh, is a drug addict and she is just got back from rehab and she's dealing she just met a new friend named Jules and um, she's never really met someone this before this is someone that makes her feel really good and maybe even change her drug habits ooh I don't know you'll have to find out um, this is the best I've ever seen Zendaya I think and um, I haven't really seen too much from her, but this is definitely the best I've seen from her. And it's a very different side. So if, you, if you've if come in from like Disney Channel Shake It Up, and then you come straight into this, uh, this that, oh boy, <laughs> you're going to get a rude shock to what's going on. This show is HBO, by the way, so it's a lot of shit. This is the show that famously had the 32 on-screen penises as well. And it's in episode two. There you go. Um, there's currently five episodes out of of Euphoria um, all up to date fan, great show I think my favourite is still the fourth episode which took place entirely at a fairground and um, it was really really cool I mean it's at the end but most of it takes place at a fairground and it was just really cool to see all the characters of the show like what they're going through and, and how it followed them and uh, there's eight episodes this, of this TV series there's eight episodes of this TV series and, um, they're just got renewed for second season because the, you know, it's good shit. <laughs> so uh, if you're a fan of Skins, I would say if you're a fan of Skins, it feels more like Skins, but I think it's trying to be more mature than Skins, um, with the, just the content it's, it's, um, getting to, cause it's, it's a show about teens, drugs and sex, but I think it's being more mature about it than Skins is. I think Skins was like, I mean, it had, it had, it had dramatic scenes, But I think Skins is a bit more like loose with that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Euphoria is trying to, you know, establish a message. I think Sam Levinson is trying to establish a message here um, about, you know, what to do. But this is based off, this is even loosely based off what um, he went through in his earlier life. And, um, yeah, it's it's really, really good stuff. I didn't think it was going to be that... Again, substantial, but I think it's it's a good show. It's a really good show. It's one of my favourite shows of the year, and it's a really really good show. Uh, number three is Barry. No, <laughs> uh, we already talked about Barry, but again, fucking, if you haven't seen, you haven't seen Barry, just just uh, stop listening and just watch it now, please, just please watch it. Uh, number three is Charles die Young*. It is uh, Nicholas winning Griffin's new project. Um, he massively was working on this TV series after he finished Neon Demon. If you're a fan of Nicholas winning Griffin's work, you're going to like this, but I also think it's going to be a bit of a challenge for you because this is the most Reffened has ever Reffened. Um, this is fucking very hard to watch at times. It is, it is even frustrating for myself to get through this show. Um, but I have to recommend it because it, it feels like a challenge almost to get through this series. It's. 10 episodes, and each episode is an hour and a half long. Um, you get a mix of I'm gonna say only God forgives. I mean, to the Refn fans out there, you get a mix of only God, only God forgives and neon demon kind of stuff going on. Um, I wouldn't say a little bit of drive, but not as it just feels more Refn than drive, <laughs> like it feels more only God forgives. Um, more on that aspect So if you didn't like Going for God Forgives I don't think you're gonna Like the show um, There are some sequences Though that are Really really good If you're a fan of Nicholas Wedding Reference filmmaking um, There's just a lot of it here There's just the fuck It's a showcase Really It's a showcase Of what he's doing um, He's writing He's directing um, There's a lot of Slow pans Dolly shots Neon Fucking neon Everywhere And I'm telling you I'm probably going to do a full podcast episode on this show. Uh, I haven't got through it yet. I'm on episode six. But um, it's I'm, I'm, I'm really liking it. I read a little bit. It was very slow to get into it first. But I'm really liking it. Um, I want to see where it ends up. So at the end of... When I finish this, the 10th episode of this show. I will get on to making a podcast episode about it. Because I think it, it I need to talk about it. Because there's some things I already want to talk about. But... Um, yeah, especially to reference fans, we need to have a conversation about this stuff, this show. Wow. Um, yeah, so I think if you like, if you, if you like a slow burn, you like the neon, definitely. If you're a fan of reference work, give it a watch. Um, but I just know we're getting into. No, it's a 10, 10 episode show. That's each episode is an hour and a half long. I think that actually, I think the last episode is only about a half an hour, but. Each episode is an hour and a half long and you're just going to get your full auteur style here of winning reference. You're, you're going to get everything. You're going to get almost no, no dialogue, very minimal dialogue, uh, slow pans, dolly shots, neon, close-ups, um, graphic violence. All that stuff is on display and you know, on To All To Die Young. All of it. Yeah, so that's it. Those are my uh, films and TV shows that I recommend so far this year. Um, I was going to take a moment to kind of reflect on what I've been doing this year, but um, I think this show is running a little little too long, so I'm going to cut it here. I might talk about that later on the podcast this week when we talk about Lion King and Stuba. So that's what's going down on um, Thursday. Probably we'll um, we'll record on Thursday. We'll release Friday. We'll see about what happens there. Um, But um, I'm... Believe you. I'm trying to get better with the schedules. There are some times where I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like doing it, but I, you know, I wanna I want to do it. So, but so what happened last week was I was just like, no, I'll just, I'll do the best and the worst episode or the ten films I want. I want you to see, but I'll do that on Tuesday because I knew I was going to see Lion King on Wednesday, and I think most the bulk of the podcast this week will be Lion King. So. That's my reasoning behind all the, you know, schedule changing and all that stuff. And that's why I did all that. Um uh like, you know. Only done it now and it's um and I'm gonna be out tonight rather than last week and Berea's sitting there, it's like, Oh well he just he said he was gonna do this, but he didn't do that. So, you know, what's happening right now? Um so this is it. Um Yes, yeah, so that's what we have it on the, on uh Thursday or Friday, probably Thursday. I want to aim for Thursday but if it comes down Friday morning I mean that's just what gonna ha- what's going to happen. Uh it. We're talking Lion King, Stuba, and some news. I mean A24 is doing a public access thing where they're showing the movies on a billboard. We're going to be talking about that. Um, Lashana Lynch could be the new 007. Uh, fucking heaps of shit. Lots of, lots of stuff going on and we might have a bit of a reflection of what we've um, been going through um, for the first half first half of the year and what we want to do for the rest of the year. I mean, there's stuff I want to feel like i need to get off my chest that i might even do uh i don't know it just feels cathartic as i said before so i'll see you then those so check out those 10 movies check out those three tv shows those are the things i recommend to you um all these movies you can go and check out you can access right now and these tv shows you can get to right now as well um I would recommend going to see Booksmart in the... Um, if you want to go watch... If you want to maybe watch... Watch... Sorry. Watch a movie in the cinema. Um, Booksmart is definitely the one to watch. Uh, I think we're Crawl's out as well. I think I want to see Crawl this week. And... Um, and we'll talk about... We'll talk about Syrup on Friday. So that's it. Check them out. That's my list. And um, I'll be, we'll, we'll get into this subject again at the end of the year. We'll be talking about the best and the worst and uh, all the fun we can have there. So I'll talk to you guys even on Thursday or Friday. Um, until then, take care.